Are you sure? I mean, don't you want to follow him? Frankly, I'm glad that no good troublemaker is gone. Let's get the report in quick and get them to take us off this detail once and for all. There's so many better things out there. Besides, we don't have enough lives. I can handle it, Meryl. But you? Unless we go after him now, there's a good possibility that we may never see him again in this lifetime. Is that all right with you, Meryl? Hmm? <laughs> I'm completely, totally, perfectly fine now. In fact, I need to get up and go. And besides, as we both know, if we don't work, we don't get paid. Millie. <laughs> all right, first things first. Do you have any idea which way he went? Yes. Great, then. We have nothing to worry about. I'll be ready in a few minutes. Gather all of your things together, too, Meryl. Make sure you don't leave a thing behind because we won't have time to come back. Uh, yes, of course. Welcome to Tuning Japanese, a podcast where three sax enthusiasts <laughs> what? talk about anime. I'm not even sure what the subtext there is. <laughs> His dedication is commendable. He's Andy. Hey! Yeah, I'm really awesome. Thanks. He doesn't know how to live without being able to pay off a debt. It's Bill. Yo. And I'm the man who plays the greatest music on the greatest stage of all. I'm Josh. I've heard you sing. I'm not sure. <laughs> oh, 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 sorry about that, man. I had, had a terrible frog in my God, throat. What the hell happened? It's just cold from hell, dude. I'm telling you. Huh, Summer I, colds. Everything's from hell today. Oh. Uh, so, hey, guys. Hey. I'm back from vacation. I'm ready yeah. to do some podcasting. Are you guys ready for some Trigun reviews? Hold on. Let me fish in my wings. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, those wings are pungent. Well, you know, honestly, though, it's actually opening up the airways in my nose right now. It's melting some of the mucus out of it. Ew. So um, <laughs> maybe by the time we actually get to the review part, I'll sound a lot better. Dip your finger in the... Oh, dip my finger? Yeah. Yeah, this is going to come back to haunt me in about 15 seconds. <laughs> or less. <laughs> I mean, I like the flavor. But that heat's starting to kick in. It smells like buffalo, and I hate buffalo. It is buffalo. Yeah. Frank's. Yeah, I can't stand buffalo. So we finally found a place on the East Coast that you'll never go to. Oh. Hey, speaking of places you don't want to go to. Uh yeah, let's let's talk about this episode of Trigun today. Episode well, actually I do want to go to this. It's my week, guys. It'll be an interesting one, I think. Mm -hmm. Uh we are reviewing episode twenty-four, Sin. So before we get there though, let's talk about some nerd news. Alright. Bill, what's your nerd news? You you're keeping it secret and I've gotta know. It's so close to his chest. Well, we actually, I did it. give it away on the Discord. Oh, did you really? Yeah. I missed it. Okay. Uh, oh, you mean you, you mean uh, questnetwork.com slash Discord? Probably. Yeah, so you if, you, if you want all kinds out. of secrets about episodes, you can get them ahead of time yep, by going right. to our Discord? I wasn't going to say anything, but then I think it was William from New World Rising mentioned mm -hmm. it. Glow. Ah. Oh, yes. So have you watched Glow? I watched the entire show. The okay. entire show? Mm -hmm. How many episodes is it? Ten? 
You like okay. binged it? Yeah, me and my wife watched it huh. over the week. Okay, right. it dropped last thoughts? week, and we watched it this week. And I watched the Ladies of Glow, the or the story of Glow, the, the, the documentary. documentary behind the actual the actual. Yep. Fed, right? also very fascinating. Okay, did you realize that's where Ivory came from? No, I see. I don't. I don't know much of anything about the premise. I don't know if this is a comedy. I don't know if this is like actual wrestling. I don't know what's going on. Docu drama, isn't it? Or no, it's a sitcom based on the world of women's wrestling. Okay. Now, Glow was a real was a real promotion. Deal. Yeah. And this is very, very loosely based off Glow. Right. Okay. Names have changed. Even some gimmicks have changed. Mm-hmm. Like I said, very loose. Basically, it's a sitcom with that as the premise. If you never had heard of it, following. Allison Bree from Community as Ruth, struggling actress, who joins up with this basically to make a career because she can't make it as a regular actress. So, and how, so how much how much wrestling is actually involved in this thing? Not a ton. There's definitely some, but not a ton. Mm-hmm. However, she... there is a lot of wrestlers, like actual professional wrestlers, yep. like on this thing. Yep. Uh, the trainer in the first episode is uh, John Morrison. Better than Bill DeMont? Okay. Okay. Yes. yes. <laughs> One of the character who's loosely based on Mountain Fiji from The Real Glow is Machu Picchu. Her brothers are Carlito and Brodus Clay. Okay. okay. Well, that's an interesting combo. Wow. They're um, brothers? They're her brothers. Oh, my God. On the, on the show. Right. Yes. On the show, okay. yes. Okay. Yeah. Little, little, got a little confused there for a moment. Um, and one of the wrestlers, even, the, mm-hmm. uh, the welfare queen, I didn't even realize was played by one of my favorite female wrestlers of all time. Mickey James? Awesome Kong. Really? Yes. Awesome Kong is in awesome I totally Kong. didn't realize that was her until no, halfway she, through. Was she using nice. the, the Awesome Kong uh, name, or was she using her, her actual uh, kayfabe name? Or is she someone completely different? She's somebody completely different on the show. Yeah. Well, she, I mean, the but I mean, as... As an actor? On, under, she's under, Kia under, Stevens. Okay, so her actual name. Yeah, yeah. But she's playing the welfare queen. That sounds <laughs> awesome. I'm going to have to check that out. It is amazing and hilarious. And heartwarming and kind of hard to watch sometimes because it's the drama. Yeah, it is really, really good. So, so kind of probably kind of like uh, how Orange is the New Black. I know you haven't seen it, Andrew. Have you? Have Not you? yet. Um, there's a lot of comedy in it, but when you get the dr- dramatic moments, it really stops the comedy and gets very gets gets you to the feels. Yeah, sounds like it. Okay. Um, cool. And cool. the owner of promotion is played by Mark Marin, who is hilarious. Hmm. He's such a brutal asshole that you can't help but like him. Nice. Right. I have to check it out. Um, that is then it's on Netflix, you said? Yeah, Netflix. Okay. Netflix original. Go check that out. And uh, watch the documentary with it. Nice. Because it's cool. definitely worth it, too. Cool. Very good. Josh, your turn. What do you got? So, the Inhumans trailer dropped this week for the uh, new ABC series. Uh, you guys got a chance to look at it? We did. I'm hesitant, but curious. Like, like kind of on the fence. I... I Gotten back into Agents of Shield after the debacle of the first half of the of the first season, and when things got really good after that, my girlfriend and I have really gotten into Agents of Shield. The latest season is actually up on Netflix now, so we're gonna have to get to that. But I am excited to see this series because even though I have not read a whole lot of uh, comics involving the Inhumans, I love the concept of the Inhumans. I love uh, stuff regarding them. Tell me if I'm wrong. Okay. Because, again, I don't know anything at all. I know jack shit about the Inhumans. Mm-hmm. Were the Inhumans just made so they could not have to use mutants? No. Uh, the Inhumans have been around around the same time as mutants in the Marvel comics. They um, were mostly a supporting cast for Fantastic Four, I think. Right. Okay. When they, they were f- some kind of progenitor alien race that hangs out on 
the moon or Antarctica or somewhere? Well, the whole idea, and actually Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, did this justice because it was actually directly from the comics. The Kree came to Earth thousands of years ago, did some genetic manipulation to the uh, to the human race, and which created the Inhumans. The whole idea is that it's a genetic trait passed down uh, the bloodline. They go into a stasis known as pterogenesis when they're affected by the by this mist, the pterogen ter- mist. This is all stuff that has been in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and then they all merge, uh, transformed with either with powers or even a physical change. They were essentially a creation of the Kree to be uh, a warrior race to help them fight the scrolls at the time, and they abandoned them. Yes, there is a section of the moon known as the blue, the blue portion of the moon, which is inhabitable, breathable atmosphere, where the royal family of the Inhumans live. That's where Black Bolt, Medusa, Gorgon, Crystal, and Karnak all live. Crystal, who eventually marries the Human Torch. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. So I'm really excited. The casting, I'm I'm enjoying it so far, just because of who they got to cast the villain, which is uh, Maximus the Mad. The villain, essentially, he's the brother of Black Bolt, who seeks to usurp him. Kind of, kind of a very basic, but he's played by Awan Rahian, best known for playing Ramsay Snow in Game of Thrones. Yeah, I. I'm not excited for this at yeah, all. Really? I watched it in the preview, and it's not because I don't like the stuff that ABC has done, the TV stuff, because I did come around on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and I hated it hardcore at first, but I finished season one and started part of season two. Mm-hmm. I heard Agent Carter was pretty good. Yeah, I didn't watch it, but... I didn't watch I it either, so I am not. I wasn't going to hold a grudge just because of that. However, the character design, the acting, I'm not, I don't know. I'm not on board with this. I don't know. I mean, I'm going to give it a shot. Uh, looks like it'll be a lot of fun, at the very least. The one cool thing that I liked was when they were showing uh, Black Bolt being confronted by the cops, and one of the cops smacks him on the back, and he just, just a very minor grunt, and he flips cars over because of his uh, the power of his voice. Which I think that's going to be a lot of fun to see how they play up that. I wasn't crazy about the design of Lockjaw. Yeah, very CG. Yeah, he he looks really fake. Is that the dog? Yeah, yeah that's the okay. yeah, and yes, that is that. That's not a uh, an exclusive to the show. No, Lockjaw is one of the regulars in in the uh, royal family, and yes, he's a big giant teleporting bulldog. Yes. Bug, something yeah. like that. I think he's supposed to be a bulldog in the show. Yeah, I think he's supposed comics. to be a bulldog. Yeah, I, I think it should be a lot of fun. Bill, uh, what, what were your takeaways from it? Man, I don't know. I still do hold the grudge about Agents of Shield, and really, they're only doing this because they can't do X-Men. And Marvel's taken a lot of flack about trying to phase out mutants out of the comics as well. I don't know. I might try it. Okay. I don't know how far I'm going to get with it. All right. I want to see Black Bolt with his big leather mohawk, though. I would like to see the full line with the little the little antenna thing. Yeah, the little thi- tuning but that's, thing. That's and... supposed to, like, amplify his other power. I forget what it is. It's it's not just his voice, but he can, like, I don't want to say transmute energy, but he can, he can affect certain types of energy as well, I want to say. Which allows him to fly and all that. I'm not a huge Inhumans fan either, so I can't tell you. Well, that'll be debuting, I believe, in September yes, on, on ABC. Yes, on ABC. So, uh, so check that, that out if you're interested. Future. My nerd news this week has to do with, you guessed it, Nintendo. And this week I'm going to keep it brief, but... You, know, you got Splatoon 2, didn't you? That's not out until later this until in, this so month, like, this month, July, in so July. Yeah. The new news that came out this week was that the SNES Classic is coming yes. out. Now... I'm going to preface by saying Nintendo made a big mistake with the NES Classic. Last holiday, they came out with a literal mini NES system with like 30-some games built in. Mm -hmm. I think we may have even talked about it on the show. Now, they made it clear 
back when they released the NES Classic that it was going to be a limited thing. They weren't going to make a whole lot of them, that it was just kind of a celebration of, you know, anniversary of a system or whatever. Yeah. Now, they got they took a lot of flack for that when people couldn't find them. And now the scalper idea, market... Honestly, it is a bad idea. And, and, I, and I, I agree with you. They could have sold so many. They right. could have sold a shit ton. And the scalper market has gotten horrible. It's true. Uh, for the NES Classics now. So I thought that that was going to be it. They made a mistake. They were going to not do anything else with that again. However, they decided to release what is going to be called the SNES Classic. Yep. Now, the SNES Classic, they a couple things to note. Number one, they've gone on record to say that they will try to work harder to manufacture more systems and get more systems out. They're hoping for maybe double the amount of what they did before with the NES Classic. So that's good. Mm -hmm. At least there's going to be more supply out there for people to buy it. Yay. The second thing that is interesting about it is that unlike the NES Classic, we've got fewer games. Yeah. Uh, we have 21 games. Now, the list of games you can find, if you just, just go and Google SNES Classic, mm-hmm. the most noteworthy thing on that list of games is that, and this is kind of shocking to me, there is a previously unreleased game among mm-hmm. those 21. Right. Star Fox 2, which is a game that oh, has right. never been released, is actually mm-hmm. on that list of games. So <laughs> not only is this system something that is going to be driven by nostalgia, but also... There is a game that no one has, most people have probably not had a chance to play. The article that I read even stated to go for goes further to say that in order to play Star Fox Two, it's an unlockable from Star Fox One. Yes. You have to you have to be a certain level in Star Fox One, and it unlocks. Yeah. In so certain... so you have to actually do a little bit of work to get it too. So that's oh, kind of cool. cool. It, mm-hmm. it gives a little bit of motivation. Right. Which I'm really excited about that. I suppose it makes sense that there's less games because they're bigger, more graphically yeah, intense. Absolutely, I mean, not a lot, but more so than a mm-hmm. classic game. That would, it would, yeah. So that would be the same size package. So. Absolutely, absolutely. This is going to be uh, twenty dollars more than uh, the NES Classic, so we're looking at eighty dollars. However, this one is going to come with two controllers, and the controllers are going to be longer in length, the cords, than last time, which they took a lot of flack for, and rightfully so because they. Had three foot long cords. Oh, jeez. Really? Yes, the NES Classic had three foot long. Now, they did come out with a six foot extender that you could purchase to go along with those. But yeah, this will come with two controllers in the box uh, so you can play all your multiplayer on it. And it has HDMI and all kinds of good stuff. So, I'm I'm really excited because they're going to have Mega Man X on there. When it comes down to my favorite Mega Man games, three and X are my favorite Mega Man games, hands down. Yeah, they're good games. Oh, I'm so excited for that. All right, and that's my nerd news this week. So, without further ado, I do believe it is my week to talk about episode 24 of Trigun Sin. Are we ready, folks? Hey, I think my cold's clearing up. <laughs> oh, good. We open on the exterior of a strange metal structure with weird six-sided pipes sticking out all over. It's kind of bizarre. Dude, it's kind of metal. I saw a shirt today I wanted. Oh, yeah, what was, what that? was that? It had, like, gallium and pyrite and gold, uh-huh. and it said heavy metal, and it was like an Iron Maiden. But it was you should, nice. You should, you should get that. They shirt. didn't. They didn't have it in my size. No, that's depressing. They were all kids' sizes. I, I, I think I went to. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Damn it! it actually, yeah. looks kind of like a couple of the gothic raves I've been to in the past. The high quality raves I, I, apparently I, I, been to high high budget. Super industrial. I mean, Do they call a goth Jesus rave Christ. a grave? No, wait, that makes total sense. Yeah, yeah <laughs> they, that, that would actually they would make, call it that. They probably would. The creepy bad guy music is playing, so we're led to believe this is probably where a bad knives, guy. Well, where knives has been hanging out more right. likely. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see a Thomas, not a horse, but a Thomas-driven cart, which the cart is very 
gothy and metal. And I just noticed in this episode, it. these Thomases have like stegosaurus tails. Yeah, there's like two different shots where you really, mm-hmm. really can notice that. Well, and we've it's... never really seen their tails. I mean, I just assumed it was like blunt, like a kangaroo's, or right. maybe it was not a tail, really, just a nubbin that had like feathers on it, or I'm not know. quite sure. I mean, but apparently there's stegosauruses. Apparently so. <laughs> Stegosauri. Stegos. Stegosesis. That's not close. Something like that. <laughs> The doors open, and out step Legato and Mid-Valley, and waiting for them is Chapel. Good to see that he survived, I suppose, his encounter with Wolfwood. No! Well, I mean... Man, senpai! It's good to see he survived? Well, yeah, because he's going to try to get some revenge here. He's not here for a happy sort of moment, which is what he's, Legato He's not here for out. hugs and, and tea. Yeah, Legato reads him quickly, and basically says, Oh yeah, you're angry because I made you kill Wolfwood. So, so there's our answer to the last shit. episode. Yeah. <laughs> Chapel draws his weapon uh, and is about to unload, but Legato twists him all up like a pretzel. And uh, he says, your scene is over now, Chapel. Now the curtain will rise on the final act. Yeah, he's. it's not a good day for Chapel the Evergreen. No. He's, uh, he killed someone that was practically like a son to him. And then he goes to get revenge and then he gets all twisted up. You know, some days it just doesn't pay out to get up in the morning. Yeah, he should have just stayed in bed. Yeah, he should have stayed away on yeah. this, this one. Yeah, probably. Uh, we're about to get some smooth murder jazz. <gasps> yeah! Uh, but the gate's open and Knives emerges. This is our first time really seeing him in current times, right. fully talking and walking around. So apparently he's and, all healed up. And that plugged into a light bulb. Yeah, he's apparently good to go now <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and, yeah. and ready, to, ready to do some murdering. So yeah, can, can I just step in and, and just say he lectures him to death? Oh yeah, he does. He Four basically years. sums it up yeah. like so many douchebags in the past. Uh-huh. As no homo. Safety in. <laughs> oh my god. Um, we notice here that Mid Valley looks kind of freaked out, which I want to note because we're going to come back to that a little bit later. Yeah, uh, I had never never read Mid Valley in this episode that way. Yeah. I, I do, yeah, that's definitely worth noting. Yeah, yeah, well, especially with what Knives does and what the fuck does Knives do? It seems like he, um, I don't know, how do you best describe it? He does Knives. He has a creepy he, smile. He does him. You know, uh, Chapel says, you know, that he, quote, doesn't know how to live without repaying a debt. Knives calls it basically nonsense. Uh, he says, basically kind of saying that, like, animals run when they sense danger, but here's this idiot who didn't run when he should have run. I like how Knives kind of just sees kind of sees himself way above humans, you know, like, no better oh. than animals. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's a superior being. Knife says that his sacrifice... Just have rigid cell walls! <laughs> Yes. You, know, you know who also thought he was a su- superior being? God? Hitler? Jesus. All of the above. Wow, you just compared Jesus to Hitler. All right, I want to have that be on record. Uh, so Knife says his sacrifices... Send, send hate mail to Josh at tunyjapanese.com? <laughs> yep, yep that, would be, that would be the email. Anyway, Knife says his sacrifice is meaningless, right? And says he doesn't even deserve to be called a fool. That's mean. That is mean. That's just mean. That's salty. That's salty. Uh, he then talks about how the human race has uh, compassion and morals because they saw themselves as superior, which, you know, I don't know, kind of true, I guess, maybe. Kind of an interesting line of thought. I, I mean, that's kind of the way he sees it. He follows up by saying that when humans meet with something greater than themselves, they act on instinct. Chapel talks about the cornered mouse, uh, attacks the cat even though he'll, he, uh, he has the upper hand. Basically, Knives says he's the cat and obliterates him in a black orb of craziness. Rip a hole in reality. Probably. And... Because he, he he also makes this, this cryptic comment about the state between life and death. Yeah. And that's where you're going to be, or something like so that. I think that's where he is. And, and what, does he toss him in limbo? 
Sure. Because that's a dick move right there. (laughs) I mean, he just has, like, quantum powers. Like, Schrodinger's cat. Is Knives going to kill him or isn't he? Yeah. And he does it with quantum powers. It's true. I don't know. I don't know either. So, the animation of Chapel's face is frightening. Uh, I, love, yeah. I, I like I like the animation. The veiny, yeah, it's very yeah, just sweaty. He's just like, oh, dang. Face erection. Yeah. Uh, Hashtag face erection. <laughs> Stop making face erection a thing. It's not going to be a yeah, thing. No, that's not going to trend, dude. No. Uh, Chapel is no more, and Knives says, garbage, only good for consuming resources. Real beautiful. Uh, Legato says that Vash will experience eternal pain and suffering, and then we get our title card. So yeah, interesting long opening. Like this opening felt like it took forever. Yeah, it, it did. It, it did the episode too. Yeah, yeah. I think both. Well, I'm glad. I mean, they decided that he would actually kill him, kill him instead of boring him to death. Because I'm sorry, man. That that long speech was just. But at that point, I'd be begging him. Okay, just kill me. Kill me. Shut the fuck up and kill me. Uh, we're in the city, and Vash is... I, I didn't catch the city's name at the beginning. Do you guys catch the city's name at the beginning that they, uh, they like to travel to, or Vash travels to? No, no, I don't. Yeah, because I was trying to figure out what the hell it meant. It was Rethum or Rintham or something? So, something like that? Something okay. like that. I know, they give, I know the name of the town that he came from, because they actually finally give the name of that town. Right. But that's a little bit ahead. That's a little, yeah, it's yeah, a little later I on. I don't remember the name of this yeah, town. Yeah, I can't remember either. Uh, Vash is here, and this is actually a populated city, he notes. Uh, he buys thirty double dollars worth of donuts, and we get to see a little bit of lively Vash before he sits down and starts crying, unable to fake his happiness any longer. And I want to point out that this scene is really great because he has that moment where it's like, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna be silly," and then he starts commenting on how good it is, and then you just no dialogue from Vash, and you just get this wonderful, you know, still images, but the dialogue of everyday life. Yeah, we actually hear some town people just talking about normal stuff. Yeah, I totally forgot it happened last week, so I thought he was crying over how good the donuts were at first. <laughs> well, I mean, they may be really good donuts. They, they, they might be cry-worthy donuts. I've had donuts like that Cathartic before. donuts. Yeah. I've had donuts like that before. I don't know. I think I've, I'm pretty sure I've had donuts like that before. You went to Hertz I'm a, Donut, didn't you? I love Hertz Donut. I've never had. It's the Hertz second donut. time we've mentioned it, I think, on the podcast. <laughs> Which, but, they're great donuts. Yeah, but it, it is. It's just a fantastic scene. Very simply done, but really kind of hammers in the effect yeah. that Vash. I think in some ways, you know, can't escape the stakes that he's actually fighting for. Mm-hmm. And what is what he's lost? Yeah, it's first of several kind of really cool decisions they made, directional decisions. In this yeah, episode. this this episode had a lot of a lot of great art decisions. We go back to Tom in town, uh, which is the town that they were at in the last episode, yeah. and we get a shot of the the knives written in blood on the. Is on it the, blood or just red paint? I mean, yeah, it might I'm, be paint. I mean, I I can. It would be less cre- it. be less creepy if it was just paint. I don't know, man. You can get blood red paint pretty cheap at the uh, corner it'd market. Be, it'd be more efficient if it was paint. Yeah. I mean, blood would be even cheaper. We can get it. Just go down to, like, Lowe's and get it. Mm. How much bright red paint is there available in this world? Yeah, we don't see a lot of painted buildings, honestly. All the buildings well, are bright, kind of like... Well, probably about the same amount of bright red fabric there is to make uh, long coats with. So, two. There you go. I'm curious. Maybe keep in mind for next episode. Vash's coat gets really torn up later on. I wonder uh-huh. if he's going to have his coat back and mended by the next episode or not. I can't recall. Uh, maybe something to keep in mind and remember... <laughs> Millie is sitting in Wolfwood's room still. Uh, you get a good shot of the cross, which is yeah. all wrapped up. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get a flashback of Vash kind of trying to leave and Meryl asking what terrible things happened. And we he kind of eventually just opens up and he tells her every little thing that happened he, in his background. Talk about the ultimate exposition dump. It's done super well. Yes, once again, uh, no audio. We get um, montage bits of, of the flashback. 
this is where Vash full on says, yes, Knives is my brother. Flat out says it. Because mm-hmm. beforehand it was only inferred. It was never fully said if he was Knives' brother or not. When he admits it to Merrill, that yeah. hammers it home. Absolutely. And then he goes into the explanation and explains, as he said, everything. Yep. Project Seeds, the crash landing, uh, what happened to, uh, to, uh, to, the, to, the to July, yep. the Megabuster of Doom. Yep. I mean, even showing her the gun, I'm like, yeah, this is what it can do. And it's all done, no audio. Visual storytelling, fantastic. And it's done really well. Mm-hmm. Bash leaves to, you know, go off to the other town, and Millie asks if uh, they want to follow. Meryl tries to play it cool, but Millie kind of sees through it and says, unless we go after him now, there's a good possibility that we may never see him again in this lifetime. Is that all right with you, Meryl? You know, Millie's sucking it up because she knows that she has to... You know, really do this to help Vash and to help her friend Meryl. Well, and, and selflessness. I think I think it also comes from the place that well, look what just happened. Yeah, Senpai died. She's and, trying. She's and, trying to move on, and she doesn't want Vash to die. Well, it's more than that. She doesn't want Meryl uh, doing something that she'll ultimately regret. Right. Which is probably one of the reasons why you know she she never fawn says look what happened to Nicholas, mm-hmm. but strongly hinted at. Especially the whole, well, you may never see him again in this lifetime. Uh-huh. You could just almost say, like me. Right. You, know, you could almost hear that. Mm-hmm. And, and, I mean, what happens next is just amazing. Yeah, we get we get uh, a really tearful scene where they cry, you know, and Millie basically says, you know, let's pack up. We don't want to leave you know anything behind that's necessary. A really well-made animation here. You know, she's standing right in front of the cross, cross and, so there's that that kind of imagery. And you have the shadow dies, but you see the tears streaming down. Yeah. I mean, it's a really, really good uh, image. I mean, just really, really know that. You can definitely tell that Millie, yeah, she is hurting. She is broken, breaking, but she's still going to do what she thinks is the best thing, which is stick near Vash and help Vash. I can't tell if the tears are well done because they're just barely there mm. or if it's shittily done because you can't see them. The first part where, where she's where she's still acting all happy, but you see the tears. I think that's supposed to be subtly done, where you can barely see it because she's putting on the front. She's putting on the front, but you can right. tell. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Either that was very well done or very very poorly done. That you can. I think I think it's. Pr- I mean, probably I, I, artistic choice. Yeah, I think that's artistic. I think that was well done. And then the latter part where they're crying while they're gathering up their stuff. Then the tears looking, are a at, looking at the Punisher cross. Speaking of crying, we go back to Vash, and there's some kids coming up as Vash is crying. They're all like, hey, you're an adult and you're crying. You're stupid. Does Legato have nothing better to do? No. I guess I'm a little early on that, aren't I? It's pretty easy to see foreshadow where it's heading, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll just get into okay. it then. After that taunting, they start blaming Vash. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, yeah, dicks. Wolf was dead because of you. Like, yeah. You killed Senpai. Yeah, I think I agree with you, Bill. He has nothing. Either that or he's just a... Great a dick. He you just know, waits around for a dramatically appropriate moment to just start fucking with Ash. Mm-hmm. Like, he's got to watch him 24-7, mm-hmm. just to find the time to jump in. At this point, the entire town is passed out. Thomas is included. That's where you notice the Thomas's tail. Yes. Yeah. Kind of yeah. weird. Legato, well, you, you see it later, though, too. That's true. You see mm-hmm. it when Millie and Merrill are riding the Thomases. Interesting to point out that the Thomases are unconscious, too. It shows goes to show you that Legato's power does not extend to just humans. Yeah, it's... He's got control of everything. He can control the squirrels. He can become the new squirrel girl. Squirrel girl? Yes. <laughs> Damn it! Uh, Legato is standing there, kind of creepily, out of nowhere, again, doing what you said, just kind of waiting for his moment. Yes, um, that's all he does. 
And he starts kind of talking about how, oh, look, uh, I, I did this as a, representat- a representation of the grief of losing a good friend. How did I do? Like, we're just <laughs> like, you're an ass. My thought is, I don't get it. Your execution is horribly flawed, and fuck you. Legato taunts Vash, saying that he indeed has killed many people. Um, you know, even though Vash wasn't the one to pull the trigger, he stole to blame for a lot of death. Yeah, even the gung-ho guns. Yeah, even the gung-ho guns. Entirely Not, inaccurate? Right. But it sounds like a crooked politician spinning a... a no, it's absolutely, sp- be, absolutely spin. Oh, he's a absolutely. Sp- but he's a, he's a spin doctor and not the fun 90s band type of spin doctor. That's why it's not entirely inaccurate. Little Miss, Little Miss, Little Miss can't be wrong. I know, I got the song right now, thanks. <laughs> yeah, Vash draws on him, and Legato notes that uh, every time Vash gets angry, his left arm starts shaking uncontrollably. <laughs> and, and something I wanted to point out, and I, I know you guys still kind of argue, but I do want to point it out. It looks like, if you get a good look at, at that scene where he's talking about it, you'll see him his gesturing with his left hand. His right hand, where you see his fingers through the fingers, fingerless gloves, look darker than his uh, left hand. I didn't argue, I just didn't there's see a, it. There's a scene later in the episode, too, where his hand is near his face, and there is a slight difference in the, I think, in yeah. the color tone. And that's, right. that's probably intentional. Right. Um, I just think I just think it's kind of cool that, yeah, okay, yeah. It's a the, nuance. Mm-hmm. It's, it's subtle. The attention to detail there. Yeah. He makes a comment about how... You know, it's the arm that attached his new arm. The, the, the translation was a little weird here. Uh, it was kind of confusing. Like, later on, he talks about the hand or in the arm, and it makes more sense. But here, he kind of implies the opposite. It was, it was it was just a bad translation, I think. It right? was a bad translation, but it really turned into something rather cryptic. I mean... Yeah, he it, spells it, it out a little bit more. It, I, what, I, what I'm saying is that it does seem like a translation error, but at the same time, it was like, it worked. Yeah. I Honestly, whatever... Legato starts talking, I just hear, We are dialists. We believe in nothing, Lebowski. That's that's all I ever hear. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sink. We will cut off your Johnson Vash. Uh, the town starts to wake up as Legato walks away. Uh, at this point, Midvalley shows up, calling Vash a monster for all of his destruction, and saying that he's no better than him, assuming he means knives. Because, mm-hmm. again, this is moment number two, where mm-hmm. I'm going to talk about when we get a little bit further here. I don't think that Midvalley the Horn Freak really wants to do as much damage now as, as some of the previously. other guns. Yeah. As he or even, have, even previously. I yeah. mean, I, I get what you're, and I get what you're saying, because well, let's flash back to that moment where Nice was killing Chapel. That felt like, looked kind of like, oh, fuck. Uh, this is the asshole I'm working for? Yeah, I think there's a realization in that scene mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. really how bad this is. Right. You know, this, this, this guy is, is straight up he kills one of the other gung ho guns in front of him. Yeah, it's one thing if, like, where they die, they send him off to die. In the line of duty. In the line of, line of duty, doing <laughs> what they're told him to do. I said duty. Yes, you did. So did you. But it's it's one of those things where, yeah, I think there's a realization. And then when he says Vash's name, the town scatters. Which, again, I think is another indication that maybe he did that on purpose. Right. Like, and, like and he didn't have to. Maybe, maybe it was a half-hearted attempt right. to... Like, kind Cle- of... Clear it out. Yeah, like, to, to yeah. have fewer casualties. Do the same thing Vash does. Yeah. yeah. And... I never realized it until Bill actually said it. Is the reason why he's called the Stampede is well, you say his name and people stampede. I uh, never thought, realized that's, that until that's, today. That's, no, it's that's good actually. I, yeah. I guess I never really noticed that either. After honestly. nearly twenty years of watching this series, yeah, learning, learning something new. I know, right? All right, and that takes us to Josh. I'll let you say it this time. <gasps> Break hard. <laughs> Welcome to the break card. My name is Andy, and I hope you're enjoying yet another review 
of Trigun. During this break card, I want to talk to you about what's coming up in the near future. This is our review of episode 24, which means that we only have two more episode reviews of Trigun left, 25 and 26. When we wrap those up, we're going to have a final episode, kind of talking about some of our favorite moments of Trigun, and we may have a special guest. More on that later. After that, we're going to do a few different summer viewing episodes where Bill and Josh are going to choose some things that I have never watched that I should watch from kind of current pop culture. I'm going to be watching some stuff, and then we're just going to talk about those shows or movies. We'll also have a few episodes of Pokemon Generations to kind of round out the next couple of months before we get into our review of Josh's pick. Yes, it's Josh's turn, and we're going to be reviewing Gurren Lagann, which... Eh, I'm kind of ambivalent about Bill seems to not like it all and Josh is extremely excited so be prepared for a little more surly content let's talk about our patreon shall we at patreon.com slash tuning Japanese as promised every new patron that we get over the next couple of months will mean that we will release a brand new bonus episode alongside of our normal episode on the main feed on top of that if you become a patron right now you have access to 12 bonus episodes, which is over three and a half hours of content, and we're going to be throwing more bonus episodes up. You'll get access to our reviews of Excel Saga. Episodes 1 through 21 are up there right now, which are no longer on our feed. So if you're a new listener and you missed our review of Excel, you can go back and listen to that by becoming a patron. And also we've got some show notes and a lot of other really cool things that you can do to be a part of the show and kind of leave your mark. For more information, again, go to patreon.com slash tuningjapanese. One last thing before we get back to the review, don't forget to join our Discord at questandnetwork.com slash discord for more information on that and chat with the three of us as well as hosts from the other shows on the Questionable Endeavor Network and other fans. That's all I got today. Let's head back to the review. Hey, you like podcasts. Do you also like wrestling? If you do, you should check out the Rundown Wrestling Podcast. Every Thursday, some friends and I talk about the week that was in the WWE and TNA. We mostly mock TNA. But uh, we'll also predict pay-per-views. We'll make jokes. We'll make really, really terrible jokes. And every so often, we'll laugh at a dead person's expense. I apologize for that. But check out the Rundown every Thursday on the Questionable Endeavor Network. It's time for some sweet murder jazz! Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> ah! which one of you did that? We're not going to tell. It was the frequency of pain. <laughs> we get this battle now between Mid-Valley the Horn Freak and Vash the Stampede, which I'm going to say is one of my favorite battles from the anime. It really is, and I'll, I'll kind of explain a little bit as we go through. Okay. When Vash decides to fire, and obviously going after the saxophone, uh, Mid-Valley plays a little bit of music. Saxophone. <laughs> yes. Saxophone. Mid-Valley plays a little, bit of, uh, a little bit of music here, and not only do the bullets fly off, but then it sends a shockwave of energy into Vash, and Vash goes yeah. flying into a wall. Yeah, it's pretty uh, pretty impressive, but Vash's explanation... Yeah, of one it... of the oddest quotes. I, I wrote this down as winner of the oddest quote from the episode. Uh, <laughs> somehow he's able to synchronize the sound waves from his horn with the physical sensation of pain. All right. 
I mean, that in itself is not weird. Like, if he played the saxophone and everybody fell down in pain. Mm-hmm. Like a... Like a brown noise, but more like, red. Like a brand, brown note. But yeah. red. I mean, yeah. The Interrupting the functions of a brain either way. There you go. But that wouldn't cause all the blowback and explosions. Right. I, I Like, bricks don't feel pain. I think Vash is just bricks a little pretentious here. I think so, too. Oh, look at how smart I am. Oh, it's the frequency of pain. Or it's just a weird anime like, thing. That brick felt pain, huh? Yeah, that's what mm-hmm. happened. Exactly. That wall exploded with pain. Of course it did. Yeah, I, uh, I, that's weird. We also find out the saxophone's name is Cynthia. That's kind of fun. I like. I really like that Mid Valley names his, his his instrument. Like that's a very musician thing to do. Yeah, no, it's very yeah. neat. Oh yeah. I didn't know if there was any like meaning that I didn't catch there in, in naming it Cynthia, but it's... that was Angela's doll and Rugrats. Well, I know that it was. Well, so okay, maybe maybe he's a Rugrats fan. He's like, a Rugrats fan. He, he loved loved himself some Rugrats. I, you know, I don't know why, but I just want to see a sax battle between him and Bleeding oh, Gums Murphy. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I don't know if they can show that on TV. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Vash asks why he isn't dead yet, and Midvalley says that, well, Knives told me not to. Uh, which makes me wonder, like, what is his purpose then? What did Knives want him to do? You know, did Knives send him out just, just to get killed? Uh, and Probably. said, like, you're gonna die? Think of it as tenderizing the meat <laughs> before you cook it. <laughs> no, think about it. He is beating the crap out of Vash. He, yeah. He's physically draining him. Uh, getting him to the point so that the next phase happens. Making him listen to jazz. I love jazz. Now. Jazz is fun. <laughs> and Bill hates jazz. I know Bill hates jazz. It's also interesting in this scene, too, is that, you know, he said, he kind of says so matter-of-factly, like, yep, when you work for knives, you give up everything, your life, free will. I think it's, again, that's... See, that's I, take that, that, I took that as resignation, just like, yeah, well, I've learned uh, yeah. my place. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm his bitch, and uh, I don't like it. Does not feel good. Does not feel good. We get a little bit of uh, tag-teaming here as Legato starts brainwashing some of the townspeople and gets them to come forward. And Midvalley tries to uh, then blow them up with his music, but Vash gets in the way and saves them. Yeah. One after the other after the other. And again, with our theory here, mm-hmm. I don't think he was trying to blow them up. Yeah, he was just trying to do damage. He knew he knew what Vash would he do. He knew what Vash would do. He was waiting for Vash to get up. Yep. Head that yeah. direction and then start playing. Yeah, yes. he was He was definitely, because, I'm sorry, as fast as that guy is playing playing that smooth murder jazz, he yeah, would he, have had he, no yeah, time he to He outplayed take. the bullets. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He would have been able to take those people out fast. And he's like, I see the people walking towards me, Vash. I'm putting the saxophone to no, my he mouth, he just played Vash. regular music a little bit, and then Vash got in the way, and then he hit right, but his I'm, brown note. But I'm kind of... <laughs> Yikes. Brown note of pain. It's getting weird. Uh, hitting that brown note. Uh, so... Also also means, uh, um, also known as a trip from Taco Bell. Uh, that sounds about right. Uh, back to Millie and Merrill, they're traveling, uh, through the, uh, through the wasteland, through the desert. Yep. And, uh, Merrill hears Vash's voice in her head again, and Millie kind of notices and says, hey, stop the brooding, right? <laughs> maybe, maybe she really, and she's like, I, I, I'm trying to suck it up, you need to suck right, it up, we need right. to get there and save him. A guy stumbles out of nowhere, and we cut away where we probably at first assume that he tells what's going on in the town. But we'll find out in a little bit what actually is going on there. There's something wrong with his eyes. That's true. There is His eyes are animated in a little weird way. In a way that that makes you go, I don't think this guy's real trustworthy. Maybe not. I don't think this guy's under his own control. We go back to Vash and Midvalley. Midvalley kind of praises his iron will and dedication. Yeah. And uh, Vash tries to use his gun arm, but Midvalley steps on his hand. 
Mm -hmm. uh, Vash fires a few times ineffectively, and then the second time ricochets some shots from a building back to the saxophone, where mm -hmm. he tries to play and says, "My B flat." Oh, right, the beehole. <laughs> the beehole. I'm still wondering if that's a reference to Jumping Jack Flash. Be, be, right in the B valve. I don't know uh, about saxophones. Uh, I mean, I mean, if you ruin his B flat, then he definitely can't play Jumping Jack Flash, and that's just a shame to everyone. The saxophone turns into a gun, and here's a, a point where I'm confused, and and I, I maybe I'm right, maybe I'm wrong. He knows he's going to die here when he when he when he shoots, right? Well, yeah. I, it was a conscientious uh, uh, decision. Decision right? that he knew he you knew. saw all but one of the barrels yeah. extend. So right. he knew. I he just was didn't gonna... know if he noticed or if he. Yeah, he had that look of like, "Yep, time to go." Yeah, it, it, the saxophone explodes into bits of shrapnel. Um, Bash desperately calls out, but obviously doesn't stop. I him. think that helps your theory too, because that was a really sort of a waste of time to do that. Mm -hmm. um, unless he was trying to give a middle finger to knives. That could be. Because otherwise. He'd have been better off trying to bludgeon Fash to death with a saxophone than mm. he would be to, to just... saxophone? Saxophone. 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 Um. Uh, so. Mid-Valley's dead. Yeah. The Suomicide. <laughs> oh. He killed Cynthia! Poor Cynthia. What does she do to deserve this? Right. It's like blowing up your wife when she decides to not do the dishes for once. Wow. Not if she has machine guns inside of her, I suppose. <laughs> and as an inanimate object. Well, sexist. he seemed like he loved his sexist. Legato <laughs> no. gives another one of his boring speeches, talking about how they should have died a long time ago, but he embraces the fact that his death is near. Uh, when Vash walks oh. up, he tries to talk a big game, his kind of cocky self, but Vash is not having any of it, and he just shoots him like five or six times. Yeah, he is. <laughs> he is. Yeah, all, like... all in... Joint shots, though. That's yeah. true. Nothing, it, nothing fatal. But it is funny, because, yeah, he's like, oh, hello, bam, oh, bam. <laughs> it was a pretty good scene. It was like, dang, dang. Well, honestly, the last time we saw him do something like that was Monev. That was Monev, because right. Monev pushed him to the limit, mm -hmm. and I think, mm -hmm. obviously, Legato's done the same thing here. Okay, once again, back to my analogy of tenderizing the meat. Well, you were like, what's Mid-Valley's whole purpose here? His whole purpose was to thrash Vash up to the point where he was being—he's going to be at his physical and mental limits for what's that. about to happen. <laughs> but it's yeah, so that way he's going to be more likely to kill. Leonardo. Yeah, but I don't think I asked that. <laughs> it's to get him in the proper mind frame for the bloodlusts. Clearly, he's I love the bloodlusts. He's a mini boss, obviously. Yeah, Vash puts this his gun to Legato's head, and Legato asks if he hates him, and says, "Yeah, I really wouldn't blame you if you did." <laughs> it's like, well, yeah, okay, at least he understands that. Like, he understands he's a dick. I mean, he even calls himself out later about being a dick in a lot of ways. Right. He does. Legato then tells Vash he has to understand who he is. Which, you know, I think Vash kind of understands who he is at this point, you know. Um, and then sets off the angel arm. No, 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 Mega Buster Doom coming! Vash gets a flashback to all the people he cares about. The girls, Wolfwood. Lena randomly is in there. Do you guys notice she? Yeah, yeah there she's randomly? like. Well, no. Well, he lived there for quite a while. Yeah, I guess. It's just, it's just like of all the people, like he's helped though. Like the most recent. Been, I guess. Like there could have been other people. Well, remember that in the manga, it, you know, if, if we take it from the manga, he was living with Lena and, and Grandma for like two years. It was a considerable so. amount of time, even in the anime. Yeah, even though they had called out. That's true. Mm -hmm. uh, and finally, Rem Vash somehow manages to use those memories and thoughts to turn back the arm. He actually finally gets control of the damn thing. You think after a hundred years, the guy would have learned to have worked that thing already. 
Well, he probably doesn't want to use yeah, it. He doesn't very practice often. very often. What? Yeah, the whole town's get blown when he practices. Uh, a mob of townspeople show up with weapons, and Legato gives him one final choice fight, back, or die. And Vash doesn't care about dying, obviously, because they shoot at him, and he's still like, uh uh-uh, uh, nope, not gonna do it. Uh, Legato urges Vash to kill him, and says that Knives is ready to see him. He also uh, says, talks about how he attached Vash's arm to himself because Vash refused to stay with Knives. That's a little low dig there. That's like kind of digging, like, you're the reason why all this is happening. You broke Knives' heart. You're the, you're the reason why I self-mutilated myself. I think that's probably what Knives believes. That's it's probably true. Yeah, his true yeah, motivation. Yeah, yeah that, absolutely. That Knives hates the fact that Vash doesn't want to be with him. Well, it's like we talked about earlier. Yeah. Like when he's on the ship and, and he has all these love for humans and he's like, why are you crying over these humans? Like, we could be together, yeah, finally. This is, this is all just jealousy and... Some twisted shit, you know. I, I don't I, even know if there's a complex for it. I couldn't even get over the... I call the Mario complex. The only oddly affectionate brothers I could think of. Sam and Dean Winchester. Okay, Winchester complex. I'm down with that. Legato seems awful devoted mm-hmm. to Knives. Yeah. For being a nihilist. Well. Like, I believe in nothing. Except for knives. Oh, yeah, that's... Again, kind of how that joke worked out in The Big Lebowski. Yeah. That's true. It's true. Give us the money. I thought you were nihilists. (laughs) (laughs) Vash denies killing Legato uh, at that point. So a million Merrill are thrown to the ground. They're tied up. Now, here's my question. Right. And again, I may just be reading this wrong. Does Legato force Vash's arm up in this scene? Or does Vash raise it himself? Because I, I feel like Legato forces him to raise his arm. Here's my thought. I don't think Legato has that kind of power over Vash. He can telepathically communicate with him, but that's about it. No, I, I think don't... he does. Legato was definitely not going to force the trigger finger. That was my other sure. question, was did he shoot on his own accord there? Or was that was that Legato, was that Legato, Legato no. no, 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 no. Legato's whole point was to, make, to have Vash do it himself yeah. of his own free if will. Vash, yeah, if Vash did it under Legato's control... Mm-hmm. He would have had an out. He still would have yeah. felt bad about it, but it would not have definitively created the pain that Legato yeah. wanted to create. Mm-hmm. Now, did he force his hand up? I think he did. I... Because he's very. it's very much the trope of grabbing the gun and putting it, and putting it to your head yep. in other like, movies do it, do and TV. Yep. He just, just didn't have to physically do it. I disagree because I like to see it as more of Vash's resolve is starting to crumble. No, I think, and, I and think, the, first I think the pulling of the trigger resolve is, all... is crumbling is that he... For, he I think pulling a trigger is all it took. Well, either way, Legato decides, well, this isn't quite working yet, so then he starts bad-mouthing Rem, which, you know, I mean, I will give it to him. Some of the things that Rem said were kind of weird and he's out not, there. He's, he's not, not wrong, 100% wrong. Which is probably why it was so effective. Yeah. And there is a subplot of this whole thing that Bash needs to get the hell over Rem. Yeah. Absolutely. absolutely. I, don't, yeah. I don't know if that's ever brought to the surface. I don't know if that's a manga thing, but... There's definitely a subplot, or room for there to be a subplot, of just get the fuck over her. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, yeah, she had some good ideas, but you shouldn't be living solely on another single person's own ideals. Right. I agree. I think Vash needs to needs to break away. He needs to finally say, yes, this is good, but, and start throwing in some butts in, in Ren's <laughs> face. There. Wow. Uh, uh, throwing, some, throwing some butts in Ren's ph- philosophy. There you go. Well, he doesn't in this scene. Because now we get this actually kind of, a, I think, my favorite part of the whole episode, where he starts hearing Rem and Wolfwood talk, mm-hmm. quotes, and to me it's like a devil and an angel. 
on the shoulders. It really is. Because you have Rem, you have Rem saying like it's never okay to take life. Then you have you know hearing Wolfwood saying things like you know when you're going to get over this the, you know this damn way of life you have to sometimes have to make sacrifices. Luck is not going to get you through all the right. time. Right. And but it, you know the, you know what the one bad thing about the scene is. No senpai. No bad like Brooklyn accents. God. Bad Excel. And good Excel. Oh Jesus Christ. <laughs> We had two I, I, episodes. We were free for two episodes, and he brought it back. I tried last episode. We pointed that out. But anyway, I think that counts. Yeah, I think this. One, I think it does too. We get a shot of Rem, flowers, petals, all floating around, and then boom, he shoots and kills Legato. Now oh, somebody better shut that fucker up. Well, we don't because we hear him in the next, and like two seconds later, we hear a repeat of Legato's line from the beginning, right. uh, saying, "I understand, Master Vash's Stampede will experience eternal pain and suffering." And we end with Knives' laughter, and that's the episode. So thoughts on the episode? This is mine, so I guess I'll go first, right? Yeah. Uh, good episode. I like it a lot. I like this battle. I think the battle is interesting, especially with this theory that we have that he doesn't want to actually be the one to have to fight him. Uh, and I just like the use of music as a weapon. I thought that was really, really cool. There's a lot of really good tender, emotional moments here. It's the final kind of catalyst that leads into these last two episodes. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to bring us bring us to our conclusion here pretty quick. Right. Yeah, I really enjoyed this episode as well. It's very intense. Especially the uh, the final, final few minutes where Vash is struggling to not shoot Legato and... Legato's goading him. I think that was some great tension building. Mm-hmm. The uh, artistic choices that we talked about earlier um, are some of the best in the entire series. I would agree. I mean, last episode was probably my favorite episode. This one comes in pretty close behind it. If not a little, it maybe might be another episode that might uh, usurp it, as it were. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the for the number two spot, but this is really good. Like these last two episodes are like really fantastic and really helps you to get pretty revved up for the final final two episodes of this entire series. It's which when we get to it, I don't know if the hype will completely live up to the last episode. But, yeah, the payoff. But we'll, but we'll 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 get to the payoff in a right, couple episodes. Right. But all in all, this was a great episode. The only complaints I have is just some odd. Um, line choices, some... Yeah, uh, some interesting dialogue tra- problems. Like, translation or ADR uh, problems. I mean, it happens. You can't be perfect in, no. in translating from one foreign language into another language. But there was just some odd choices, yeah. nonetheless. It was like, uh, what? But all in all, the episode, just fantastic. But what do you think? I'm gonna take an opposite stance here. Okay. I think the final scene of the episode was great. And I think that's probably what the higher writing. I think the rest of the episode either was inc- way too subtle or we're making up a plotline that's not there because we're bored. Maybe. I, I, I think There's a possibility there. I, either Mid-Valley was, like I said, very complex, more interesting, and we're reading and, and we're seeing that subtly after seeing it so many times. We're mm-hmm. finally pulling it out. Or he really wasn't. This was bookkeeping to get the last gung-ho gun used up. I think there Just w- to get to where we want to get to. There was something, I know in the manga, where at least one of the gung-ho guns ended up betraying Knives, and it's not Chapel of the Evergreen, because actually in the manga, Chapel of the Evergreen was killed by Wolfwood. They were trying to give some idea that Mid-Valley was done. Okay, well, then it was too subtle. Yeah, fair enough. I stand by what I said. There you go. That's my opinion. Slight difference from the manga. It wasn't the girls that Legato was using to goad uh, Vash into killing him. It was, once again, Razlo. 
I'm not quite sure of the circumstances because Legato had gotten pretty fucked up in the manga, like physically fucked up by Vash in the manga. He goaded Vash into killing him by threatening Razlo as opposed to threatening the girls. Okay. Slight difference, but it still um, made, a, made a big impact, yeah. in my opinion. Anything else to add? That's pretty much it. So, that was episode 24 of Trigun Sin. We will be back next week with episode 25, Live Through. Josh, I believe it's your time to take us out. Once again, this has been Tuning Japanese, a podcast where three sax enthusiasts talk about anime. I don't know how to live without paying off a debt. I'm Duke Silver. I'm the man who plays the greatest music on the greatest stage of all. I'm Bleeding Gums Murphy. And uh, my dedication is commendable. I'm Bill Clinton. <laughs> That's really weird. <laughs> and we will see you next time. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Tuning Japanese. For more information, visit our website, tuningjapanese.com, like our Facebook at facebook.com slash tuningjapanese, and follow our Twitter at tuningjapanese. You can also get a hold of the show by sending us an email at tuningjapanese at gmail.com. Please help support the show by going to iTunes and leaving a five-star rating and review. You can also go to patreon.com slash tuningjapanese to get all kinds of bonus content and help support the show monetarily. Tuning Japanese is part of the Questionable Endeavor Network. For more information on other podcasts and articles, check out questnnetwork.com. While you're there, listen to more great podcasts like the Shadowbane Podcast, the Rundown Wrestling Podcast, Raw Attitude Podcast, the Slasher Sanitarium, Pone Stars, New Blood Rising, and our newest show, Words of Geekdom. It's all right, kill me. It's simple. All you need to do is pull the trigger. Once you have killed me, this will all be over. Come on. Time to choose. You have free will. Stop it! Don't make me shoot! (laughs) Your faith is hopelessly obstinate. To actually believe the prattlings of a woman who speaks in idealistic terms that are worthless. I guess that kind of thinking is reasonable for someone who's lived for more than a century. But that... that way of life is pathetic, even comical. Rem Saverum. <laughs> a wasted existence who only spoke in aggravating logic. A worthless human being. Just like me, but unlike you. That's enough! Luck and persistence won't work forever. journey through our lives, we must always search for ways to make everyone happy. Don't force your way of life upon others. No one has the right to take the life of another. Don't tell me your dreams in a world like this. If you keep your vision clear, you will always find the future.